Hello, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. I'm Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Professor Stéphane Junot, Professor in Pulmonology, and Dr. Anthony Chaperon, a GP and Associate Professor. They're both based at the University of Rennes in France. We're going to talk today about the study that they've recently published in the BJGP titled Early Detection of Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease in Primary Care, a Randomized Control Trial. So thank you, Stéphane and Anthony, for joining me here today. Um, COPD diagnosis is a very topical issue, especially in primary care post-COVID, where use of and access to spirometry was interrupted during the pandemic. But could you just tell us a bit about the background to the study and talk us through your use of the gold questions to identify symptoms and risk factors for COPD in practice? Yes. Um, actually, Anthony is a, a general practitioner and working at the Rennes University um, and with, with myself. And uh, as a pulmonologist, uh, I'm also all, um, interested in, uh, in COPD. So we share this, uh, this uh, interest. And um, as a, we all know, there is an underdiagnosis in COPD. And this is something that uh, Anthony is... Uh, seeing every day and so we we try to think about uh, a way to improve uh, the diagnosis in uh, primary care uh, diagnosis of COPD and maybe some other chronic disease chronic respiratory disease and uh, and Anthony with his team uh, in the GP working at the Ren University uh, Ren University they, they thought about this uh, um, design of study uh, trying to improve diagnosis with uh, this uh, four arms. Um, the standard of care with no intervention, uh, the gold uh, questionnaire with the, the questions um, from the gold uh, initiative. So this four uh, question, chronic cough, chronic sputum production, shortness of breath, and exposure, which could be uh, smoking exposure, which is the most frequent, but also other exposure which could uh, give or um, induce some COPD, like occupational exposure. Um, so this is the second arm. The third arm is with the uh, coordinator. Actually, it was a unique person uh, trying to improve the pathways, um, way of having spirometry organized uh, to help GP. Uh, and also to help the patient. Um, so this is the third arm, the, the coordinator. And the fourth arm was uh, actually both a goal questionnaire plus the coordinator. And uh, we, the question was, um, do this intervention could improve uh, the diagnosis of COPD? And, and that's uh, the aim of the, of the study and, and the paper. Mm, and this was a multi-centered randomized control study, Yes, if I'm correct. Yes, that's correct. And I wonder if you could tell me a bit more about what happened in this COPD coordination group. So you mentioned that this was one of the arms of the study um, that was included. Yes. Um, actually, in the goal questionnaire, the GP has to 
um, ask the questionnaire for the patient of 40 years old or more. And if there is one question uh, positive, um, then it will think about COPD and have to organize a spirometry. But in the third arm with the coordinator, in this arm, they were not using the questionnaire. So when they think about COPD uh, without the questionnaire, so just during the appointment, and the appointment was for whatever situation or cause, uh, if they thought about the COPD, then they contacted the coordinator who organized the spirometry. That mm. was uh, one of the tasks of the coordinator. And the main outcome here was to see whether your interventions, so either the GP asking the gold questions or the COPD coordination would detect more cases of COPD in practice. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and what were the main findings of this trial? Well, um, one findings was uh, actually from the standard of care. There were in the um, four months of recruitment, there was actually zero uh, prescription of uh, spirometry in the standard of care uh, group. So it's not completely uh, surprising, but still it's it's zero, not even one or, or ten, I don't know. Um, so that, that's one message. Most of the time, GP do not think about uh, COPD. Then the three arms with intervention, we have some spirometry who has been uh, prescribed. It was quite a nice number in, in, in three arms, actually. Uh, the questionnaire was more than 300 prescription of uh, spirometry. Uh, with the coordinator, it was a bit less, less than 200. And in the combination, gold questionnaire plus coordinator, it was more than 300 also. We observed a, a, a number of patients diagnosed with this study. It was less than 1% in the gold questionnaire alone. It was 1.1% of uh, COPD diagnosis in the um, coordinator alone, and 1.2% out of uh, around 800 patients um, screened uh, in the combination uh, arm. Just in, a, in addition, it's interesting to, to see that uh, uh, the new cases of COPD is uh, the, the main result. But uh, there were also 137 other respiratory health diagnoses uh, during this study. So um, the, the approach uh, uh, we tested here uh, can make a major contribution um, to the respiratory health primary care. Uh, it's interesting that there, is, there were not just COPD diagnoses, but also others diagnoses of uh, health respiratory systems hmm. because uh, when you think about COPD for example in the third arm with only the coordinator the, the trigger is not the question the, the goal questionnaire so it's uh, more the feeling of the GP about respiratory chronic respiratory disease so shortness of breath could be from COPD but also from other disease and as said Anthony uh, to refer the patient for spirometry or for pulmonologists, because most of the time it was a, a pulmonologist appointment, uh, we found also several diseases, uh, more than 100 patients diagnosed with other diseases uh, than COPD. Mm. And any other key findings from this trial that you'd like to highlight? Well, 
when we look for COPD patient, we find some COPD patient. When we look for COPD patient, we find also some other respiratory disease. And it's, it's uh, interesting for the patient and for the health system. And from a research perspective or a network perspective, it was also one of the first very big study from the GP. It was 11,000 patients screened in only four months. So this is a, a power for research which is quite amazing. And, and only GP with Anthony Tim can do that. Yeah, I was just speaking to a colleague here in our department about the clinical research networks that are based in general practice and how actually you have access to a large number of patients to be able to rapidly do research projects in primary care. Mm. And this is a really a, a very important force of this uh, for this study. So this is for primary care, but it can be in so many disease. So um, so I think that's also one point very interesting from this study, but this is mainly more local uh, or regional, but, uh, but still. And how do you see the main results of this trial being put into practice? As we said, uh, when we look for it, we find some patients. So that's, that's the main point, actually. Um, but uh, after seeing that, how do you do it in practice? Well, the questionnaire, um, we can think about uh, how to implement it uh, more easily in general practice. One of my guests, but Anthony will maybe have more uh, information about it. Uh, I know that in some uh, in UK, uh, when I was in UK in, in 2005 and 2006, um, there was a kind of software for GP. And when the patient is coming, if, uh, if he's a diabetes and, and do not have any uh, HbA1c uh, performed in the last, I don't know how many months, there was a kind of uh, box and saying, we have to, you have to prescribe it. So we can imagine that if a patient is more than 40 years old and in the software it's written that is is smoking or he has smoked and uh, he's got cough or chronic cough, maybe we can think about something to help GP to think about uh, COPD. So this is one of the of the things we can imagine. And the second point is about the coordinator. There is, at least in France, I don't know in, in other countries, we are thinking due to the lack of um, physicians, uh, we are thinking to about other professional to help the physician, especially the GP with a large population, to help them in their uh, work. You can imagine someone more um, specialized in chronic disease and chronic respiratory disease uh, who can perform spirometry in the GP practice and maybe who can uh, help to organize pathway for chronic uh, patient and she can perform spirometry and depending on the result maybe address the patient to the to the pulmonologist it might be very interesting also within the scope of this december's issue of the bjgp we've also published some work around use of artificial intelligence and how that might be incorporated into interpreting spirometry once it's been performed as well because there is a big capacity issue about spirometry and English general practice, at least. So it's thinking about how to focus spirometry on the right patients and then how to ensure capacity for interpreting it. Mm. No, definitely. Uh, we, we have um, the, the spirometries uh, reading, read, 
by um, two filmologists to assess the quality and, and the interpretation. If the spirometry is not well performed, especially the uh, duration of the expiratory uh, phase, uh, you can miss completely uh, the obstruction uh, and then the diagnosis of COPD. Really interesting work. And um, I think that's it's been a fascinating study to talk about, especially given as we've been talking about some of the challenges around COPD. So, yeah, I think that's a great place to wrap up. But I just wanted to say thank you very much for your time here. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you all very much for your time here and for listening to the BJGP podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. And as I've mentioned, the December issue of the BJGP focuses on lung health and contains an editorial about access to and disparities in spirometry access and that Gillian Doe paper that I also mentioned about use of AI and other techniques to improve the diagnosis of COPD in practice. Thanks again for your time and bye.